The light fades with death's cold embrace. You've already been zipped and tagged. Struggle as you might, it will not help. No one can break out of the body bag. Here to oversee the autopsy, your hosts, Chris Thomas and Broke Rider Dave. What's good, everybody, and welcome to Body Bag Podcast. I'm Chris Thomas, and with me, as always, Broke Rider Dave. How we doing, everybody? Guys, if you're listening to the podcast, if you want some quality content and some good podcasting, then stop listening to us. What you need to be doing is going over to the Scream Podcast with Ryan Showers, and we have the man himself straight from his own podcast, the Scream Podcast, where they talk everything Scream. Ryan Showers, thanks for coming to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here talking about Scream. Yeah, we're excited you're here. Dave, like I said, I'm going to very much let you take the reins on this one because I'm I'm a novice and you guys are very much, this is y'all's wheelhouse. You guys love this series. All right. So let's start off talking about the Scream Podcast with Ryan Showers. What made you want to start a uh, Scream-specific podcast well um it's funny they my podcast actually happened like really like hard and fast like in may um i had been a a mainstay like a main contributor um to different websites and podcasts over the years about movies in general and about like the oscars and awards and such and i got to a point where it really wasn't making me happy anymore but i had cultivated so many skills at podcasting and i had a joy for it um and so It was, I was just sitting, I was just thinking one day, like, you know, why can't there be a podcast about Scream? A Scream podcast would be so cool. There are millions of podcasts about Star Wars or Marvel or whatever else. And, you know, uh, why can't we do the exact same thing? That's a, that's a good point. Because when I heard that you were doing a, that you guys do a Scream specific podcast, the first thought in my mind was, well, is there enough content to, in a Scream, just a Scream movie to warrant a bunch of episodes or a podcast dedicated to script, but you just mentioning right now, I mean, they do it for Star Wars, Star Trek, and all sorts, any, any movie you can make a podcast about if it has a large enough following. Well, and that was kind of my, like, I wouldn't say that was an obstacle because it was never, like, I considered it, but it was never a problem for, for me because, you know, these movies have been baking in my mind for the past 20 years. And, like, you know, I love them so much and there's so many different ways to analyze things about them you know especially because this series is about the characters and not really about the killer there um there's just a million different angles to go to go from and um because these movies are about pop culture in a way too and about feminism there is just so much to mine and i i i have at least three seasons planned and you know i'm you know every day there's a i get a new idea or a new person approaching me with an idea um i i don't foresee myself um we're running out of things to say about Scream. But that's a good point because yeah. this, because it is a, a pop culture type movie it, it, that makes fun of horror movie tropes and is very meta, it, it, you can make as many of them as you want and it just changes with the times. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and also, like, I think the the big thing with me is like for with my show and about Scream, like, first of all, I love Scream so much. I am. I love all four movies. I I really, truly am enthusiastic about them. So when you combine that with like my background with film criticism and analyzing art and and the culture, um, like because in my in my undergrad, I was I, I had a communications and part women's studies and political science major. So uh, like I have a very um, unique insight into how to analyze things, if that makes sense, to analyze art. So my, the goal of my podcast has been to kind of unite the film critic and the fan and really just engage with the material. And it's been really successful. And I think it's something that people, especially fans, want to listen to. At least they they, they have wanted to listen to uh, as the buildup to the new movie. I'm not sure. Uh, I hope that I can retain everyone's interest after the new movie comes out. But, um, but yeah. Yeah, that definitely comes through because I've been listening to your podcast, really enjoying it. Thank you. So for our fans who haven't listened to you yet, what is the episode you would recommend for them to get into your podcast? What's a good starter, I guess? Yeah. What, well, which one's your favorite? <laughs> um, so there, I think each of my episodes 
are unique. By the time that um, people will be listening to this, there will be 31 episodes out. Um, I would recommend, uh, uh, there's an episode about uh, feminism that uh, I think it's episode um, eight that I think does a great job of looking at the Scream series through a feminist lens. There's also an episode about like, especially for like maybe your audience, like I think your audience would really enjoy, I think it's episode 20, um, 28 or 29. It's about the slasher revival of the, the genre in 2021 um, and like how movies like Halloween and Scream and Candyman and the Chucky TV show are kind of reinvigorating this genre. I was um, actually scrolling through your episodes and that was the one that stuck out to me that I was probably uh, that I was going to jump on next, actually. Because we've well, had that conversation multiple times on this podcast about slashers coming back. Oh, cool. Well, so you guys get it. Like, and like that, that, that episode's fun because so many of my episodes so far have been like a one-on-one, like with um, me and somebody else, but that episode is fun because it's a panel and I'm kind of moving toward a more panel like, like discussion. So there are three people on that, but also, you know, especially if you've seen the new Scream movie, I think it's definitely worth checking out um, by the time this, by the time this episode airs, um, I'm going to have a I have an interview with the directors and the producer of the new movie um, coming out. So I'm I'm really excited about that. And you guys should definitely check that out. Actually, the timing will be perfect because I think this it comes out on Saturday. Am I correct? Is that what you were saying, Dave? Oh, no. Uh, the new screen will come out next Friday. Yeah. Next Friday, which is when this drops. So yeah. it's all going to okay. be dropping the same day. Um, well, my episode with the directors will be coming out. It, it'll be coming out on Tuesday, the 11th of January. So um, I definitely check that out. Like I, it, it was such a full circle moment for me. I never in a million years back when Scream 5 was announced, I never thought that I would have the opportunity to hang out on, uh, you know, on a Zoom call with Matt and Tyler and Chad for two hours, you know. Um, so I'm, it, it's, it's, it's a surreal experience. That was an amazing opportunity when dave told yeah. me that those two were on your podcast i was like whoa that's a good that's a good episode right there you know i actually am i'm friends with um, marianne madalena who was one of the producers of the of the original trilogy and of scream 4 um she was west she was west craven's filmmaking partner um so after matt um so matt um the one of the directors of scream 5 he and I, he followed my account back in uh, July, and we had started chatting here and there. And he expressed interest about coming on, but he said, "Oh, just let's let's wait till closer to the original." I'm sorry, let's wait until uh, closer to the release of um, the new movie. I was like, "Okay," I was like, "That's never gonna happen." Um, but uh, I I had an episode with Marianne. She came on for the 25th anniversary, and that episode was a huge thing for me. And actually, I think it is my best episode, barring, you know, the interview with um, Matt and Tyler and Chad, uh, the new, uh, you know, that I'm referencing. But um, after my interview with Marianne came out, we got really serious about it. And I got involved with um, the publicist and we made it happen. So, um, and the the best news I have about um, Matt and Tyler and Chad is they are coming back to my show um, after the movie comes out because uh, they are dying to talk about spoilers. And I was going to ask them if they would come back <laughs> because we didn't, we couldn't really talk about spoilers. We were just, I was, we were talking a lot about the original films, but I, uh, at the end of the, at the end of the episode, as um, people will hear, um, they say, Ryan, do you mind if we come back? I was like, do I mind? <laughs> Please. <laughs> that is awesome. So in this interview, like, I kind of got the feeling that Matt and Tyler are really big fans of the series. Oh, yeah. Did this interview make you, like, even more excited for the release of the new movie? Um, I wouldn't... I I don't know. I That's a funny question. I would say my anticipation I couldn't have been any higher for it. I, you know, I'm just so excited for, for it. I'm so excited to see what they do with the characters. But I, I have to say, I appreciate them more as human beings. Like, they are very human humble guys uh, there's nothing put on about them there's nothing um you know superficial about them uh the one thing that i think is a really great thing about having them take over the mantle of west craven is the fact that they genuinely love the series and um they kind of they're kind of wonky about it they uh you know they know very specific things about the sequels which i i love like i wouldn't have wanted somebody who 
just likes the original and not really that, that doesn't care about the storylines and the mythology. And I think that they do. That this new one's not just like a cash grab type thing, that the people actually care about the subject. Oh, 1000%. Like, uh, I think that the writers, um, from what I know, took great care in crafting the script. Uh, you know, and, and they spoke at, about that at length. Uh, but Matt and Tyler uh, said on the interview to me, and they've said it to other people, but this movie has Easter eggs baked into baked into it based on how many based on your knowledge of scream so if you are a super fan you will just see like little references to scream three here or, or scream four there and like it's just it's a very cool thing like i think it's in great hands and i think they're coming back for a reason and they're coming back for an urgent reason if that makes sense this is not a cash grab dave make sure when you go see it next week to bring your notepad and paper and <laughs> jot down all the things that you catch and i might do that the second time around the first time i'm just gonna because we'll go for the ride and enjoy it. Because we'll we'll have to do our own spoil-free uh, review of it after we see it on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I've actually um, I'm for my review for my episode uh, uh, covering the uh, the new movie. I'm just gonna do like maybe like the first twenty minutes. I'm gonna do spoiler-free, and then after that will be um, spoilers. Like there's just I feel like there's we've been at least in my show we've been dancing around the plot of the in the spoilers of the new movie for months and we are ready to talk about what happens to our, our people, you know? <laughs> so you already have inside knowledge of what's going to happen in this new movie? Um, no, but I, I, I don't know how to answer this without, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, as a Scream fan, there's a lot of things that um, I instinctually can tell from uh, the trailer. Um, I've, I, you know, running a Scream centric content, you know, an entity, um, uh, people have sent me a lot of, um, a, a lot of quote spoilers or they've commented on my Instagram posts like oh this happens that happens and I have to delete the comment like um, it's it's all wear and tear I don't really I'm going in just letting and I'm gonna let the film wash over me so people don't like to let people enjoy the movies for themselves nowadays um, as of late it's been like that for like the last Spider-Man movie where you can't can't go on out, social media. Were... Can't go on social media. You have to all over Facebook, staying yeah. away from social media is, is tough to just if you don't want to get spoiled for anything. Oh yeah, and that's something that the Scream community is really struggling with. I'm not like I wouldn't say I'm completely. I'm not spoiler phobic like other people are, but I'm. I'm again. I don't. I'm not like hunting out. I'm not seeking them out. A lot. Everything. The things I've found out about the movie, they've either come to me. Um, you know, and I've just kind of passively taken the, taken the information in, but no, I, you know, I'm just excited for this, like this period of the anticipation to be over. I'm tired of everybody talking about spoilers. I'm talking the fear of spoilers. I just want everyone to see the movie and enjoy it and talk about it. When people throw out spoilers too, and, and then you see a lot of like a certain kind of feedback, whether it be negative or positive. I want to go into a movie not knowing what anybody has to say about it any like at all like oh this movie's been hyped up so much that you overhype it in your mind or everybody says this movie's trash so I'm going into it with expecting it to be trash. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's that that's that's the thing that gets me with spoilers. I I can enjoy a movie even if I know what's going to happen in, into it but it it affects my mentality going in of like all right this is what everybody says. So very know. much what happened with uh, Halloween Kills this year. Yeah, uh, last year when it came out, so many people trashed the movie. So, I mean, I did kind of too, but I still like it. <laughs> I really I, enjoyed it. You know, I, there is something to that. There is there is something to like seeing a movie without ha- hearing anything about it, and then it just blowing you away. I feel like that's like the, like the best feeling in the world, actually. Yeah, and you know, and while I was watching Scream, it, it had been years since I'd seen the first Scream movie. It because it came out in '95, so I would have been four. I was I was too young for the Scream. '96. Yeah. Well, no, for the first one. Yeah. Yes. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, I would have been five when it came out in '96. Yeah. So, yeah. I uh, I would have been too young for that franchise. But watching it now, this is like right up my alley of stuff that I would like. Like if I was a teenager in the '90s, this would have been right up my alley. Cool. Well, I'm glad you discovered the you know and are enjoying the sequels and the series now that you have the opportunity to see them i always i always get into things like way after they're popular <laughs> but, but that just means i can just binge it like at any given moment yeah i mean that's what i did to get ready for this interview is i watched scream one through four yesterday great way to spend the day you know 
<laughs> well, so where where do you guys live? He lives in Indiana and I live in Virginia. Okay, so um you know, so you guys kind of I live in Pennsylvania. So what my favorite thing to do in like the December January time is to watch Scream, like Scream the original trilogy on like days that it snows and to get pizza and just enjoy like the wintry weather and like my in my original trilogy. Like that's my favorite thing in the world. So, um yeah. <laughs> So, uh, let me ask you, what is something you're really hoping to see in this upcoming Scream movie? I'm dying to just see how life has moved the trio forward. I'm dying to see the family connection between Melissa Barrera and um, Jenna Ortega. I I'm, I'm interested to see, like, just what, you know, these new filmmakers are bringing to the project and how they bring... Uh, this to life you know what I mean I'm interested to see the tone I'm interested to see how it ends like where like how final the movie ends I'm just you know I but more than anything like what I want I want this movie to be very respectful to the legacy and the legacy cast like that's the that's my do or die like if if I feel Sydney Gaylord Dewey are shortchanged in any way I will leave being very disgusted, but I don't think that's going to happen. So it will be very interesting to see if they try to make the movie like Wes Craven or if they will take a risk and try to make it their own thing. You know, what I mean? because because there's a, when you with any kind of property that has a big fan base, you, you want to remain loyal to what that what made the originals so good but you also want to add it in your own thing to make it like well i'm not just trying to rip off wes craven i want to put a little bit of my own self and my own artistic view into it yeah that's kind of what i'm going in for hoping is that the surviving characters in this movie the surviving new ones are interesting enough characters where i'd be okay with seeing a screen movie without the big three <sighs> Even just hearing those words breaks my heart, even though I know it's going to happen at some point, you know what I mean? Um, but, um, uh, you know, I, the thing is, this movie is also, I just, I can sense it. There's going to be some big moves that happen here. Like, you know, Scream 4, for all of the buildup, you know, all like 10 years later and for all of the buildup and anticipation to that, it didn't really, it, there weren't a lot of big risks taken in Scream 4. You know, Scream 4 is, ends up being very safe. And I don't think that's going to be the case here. I think... What this movie is going to do is, I think Radio Silence, you know, Matt, Tyler, Chad, and the writers, they are they are starting fresh, and they are going to thus make the similar big moves that the original trilogy made, and, like, make it their own, like you guys are saying. And I, I don't think they are imitating Wes Craven. I think they want to honor him in, in every way possible, but they... But they're not trying to be him, and I think that's that, that comes out in all of the footage that's released, like the type of the types of shots that they have, like the cinematography stuff that Wes never really, really did. But they still, it still kind of like alludes to him in a way. It's I think that like the way the approach that they've had again has been very humble, and I think it's going to translate in the movie. One thing, one thing, I, I I'll something that you kind of touched on uh, a little bit earlier. That will be interesting to see if it carries over, especially in 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 today's era. Is uh, I think you said you had done an episode about uh, feminism in in the scream. Oh yeah. And while I was watching the last uh, the last one three, I was texting Dave. But I was like, I was like, man, Sydney's like getting in some punches here. She from where she was in the first one to the third one, she's like taking charge and like getting stuff done. Oh yeah. Uh, Sydney and Scream 3, like, this is, um, I don't know if this is a controversial opinion, because I think if you ask a lot of, like, the diehard fans, they would probably agree with you, or at least understand where you're coming from. Um, Sydney and Scream 3 is, like, my ultimate, like, my favorite performance, my favorite character of any, like, my favorite, like... She was very much taking charge of her own stuff, of her, yeah. of her, of her life, because you figure she has been through two movies of this before, where she's been stalked and... If you figure that what Billy did to her was so such a violation and mm -hmm. that by three, she's like making her own decision. She's charging headfirst into danger, trying to be the one who's saving people. 
and not only that, but she's dealing with trauma in Scream 3. Like, you know, she's dealing with her mother, like, you know, a lot of unresolved issues about her mother. Um, she is dealing with, like, and I feel like I, I often refer to Sydney in Scream 3 as, like, the final, final girl. That's kind of what of, I was like, thinking in my yeah. head uh, when I was watching. I was like, this is kind of like a, uh, she's turned into a very good final girl by 3. Well, she's so she's so strong and so smart like she takes every single precaution to protect herself that she doesn't really in the first two you know she's not at the birthday party at the end you know she is in the police station where her ass should be you know what i mean to be safe and she has to actively make that choice to go and save gail and dewey at the end and she is so you know she has two guns you know she has the bulletproof vest you know in the stab three chase scene you know she she knows that the killer is going to try to come into her bedroom so she hides there and throws him down onto the bed like and that's kind of how she wins in the end you know she outsmarts roman the killer by you know dialing him you know to know where he is in the room to stab him like she is like the she materializes into like the ultimate final girl in um in three so i wonder if they're going to lean into that a lot more with this new scream because nowadays we're, we're living in a time where hollywood is very much trying to push like stronger female leads mm -hmm. see i well, have a theory i think this new scream movie i think it's gonna be the first one where we have a Two female ghost face working together. You're gonna pull off the ghost face, and it's gonna be Sydney under it. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Please, God, no. <laughs> I know. I'm... I know that would be horrible, but I mean, that's just all I kept thinking in my mind is like, would they? Would 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 they do that? They wouldn't do that, no. would they? <laughs> they wouldn't. Um, I, I I like that idea of two female ghost face. Like, I was actually flirting with that idea back before we even had a trailer, but. I, uh, you know, if I had to take a guess, like, I don't think that's what's going to happen. But um, from what I've, from what I've heard from people who have seen it or um, whatever else, is that Sydney and Gail are both very badass in this, even more so than they were um, previously. I don't buy that completely because you can't get more badass than Sydney in Scream 3. But I think she's going to be highly charged badass, especially if um, what motivates them, I think, is going to... Like, it's going to incentivize the badassness, if that makes sense. Yeah, now that Sydney's a mom, she has even more of a reason to push to live and fight, so. <laughs> can, can I make a, not a, uh, I have to come clean. I haven't seen a single of the Scream new trailers. Um, I just oh, know Scream, okay. I just know Scream 5 is coming out. I have not seen a single trailer for it. <laughs> so, so, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I. I felt like confessing that for some reason. Just right now, that <laughs> well, we're talking all this screen, but I still haven't seen any of the trailers for it. I've only that watched can... the first trailer. Oh wow! Gosh, <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> get see too much and have it be ruined or something like that. When you said that she was a mom, I was like, "Is that in the trailer?" Or is or because I haven't seen four yet. No, so that's not in four. She's not a mom in four. Um, but she um is it, it is shown in the trailer that she has a stroller, if that makes sense. So. I'm really excited to see how they handle Sydney's personal life because um, I kind of have um, an insight to who she is married to. Uh, is it Detective I'm, Kincaid? Uh, yes, at least uh, that's it's left kind of open to the audience. Like, but from what I've uh, from a rumor that I've been told by several people is that her husband is referred to as Mark. We don't we never see her husband, but. Um, it's inferred that it's Detective Kincaid, which makes me so so happy. I was getting that. Yeah. I was getting those vibes when I saw them like together in the in his police station. I was like, these two seem. Uh, they're, they're. He's so dark and brooding. Well, and the, the the thing I love about Detective Kincaid and Sydney is they have that really intimate scene. Like that's actually one of my favorite scenes in the series. It's like it's so you know if you think about it, there's not really plot happening. It's just the characters developing and going deeper and kind of forming a connection. And like we don't get that in big you know studio movies that much anymore. Especially slashers. Uh, yeah, and like it and the fact that they both have these dark pasts, I think, makes them understand each other. Um, and it, in a way that she couldn't with say Derek from Scream Two. So I because he was so optimistic and he had a different life experience. So. I actually think they would make a good, sensible couple in a lot of ways. Yeah, a yeah. lot of um, a lot of movies they they tend to forget that some of the best scenes are the quieter moments when when there's mm -hmm. not all yeah. the action on the screen and when it's quiet and stuff that is said sometimes versus what is not said or just how it's said. Yeah, when just that short little like three four minutes when they were in the police station talking back and forth i was like these two have like good chemistry together these two are it's kind of like they get each other 
And like that's something that like the original trilogy did really well. Um, you know, and that's something that I have a like I love Scream Four. I think it is a total blast, but I don't think it really fits in with the the arc of the original trilogy or the tone or the style in a lot of ways. Like Scream Four is its own thing. Like it's trying to appeal to a younger audience. Like back in two thousand eleven, that's like what its goal was. And it doesn't have like those moments of character development that make the original three so special. Um, the like all three of the first of uh, the the original films have those moments that you're talking about, and those are some of my favorite scenes, you know, out of the whole series. Um, and that's really what makes those first three really special, in my opinion. Now, here's something I will ask for both of you, actually, you and uh, Dave. You guys love the original trilogy, but yes. at the same time, we're also movie reviewers. Are there some things that you think that could have been improved in the trilogy that you think that may have missed the mark? Do you want to go first, Dave? Yeah, I mean, everything kind of has room for improvement. I mean, there's no such thing as a perfect movie other than the first Scream. I feel like that one, Don't Touch. Scream 2, I think, have a little bit more of uh, Mickey before his Ghostface reveal because you don't see him for about 45 minutes up to his reveal. In Scream 3, I feel like it pushed, you know, a second Ghostface narrative. And there's some times where it seems like they probably needed to Ghostface get accomplished things. So a second reveal would have been nice there. I I kind of disagree with that. I, you know, because, because like the, the first two have two killers, I like that Scream 3 only has one. And I don't think you would get the same effect in the third in the finale of scream three um you know if you would have had two killers because there's such an intimate like because it's one-on-one it's sydney meeting this you know roman she's never met roman before but he's her brother like that's that's powerful and that just you know you get that brutal fight with them and like the fact that she holds his hand like i don't think you would have been able to achieve that that momentum or that dramatic effect if you know if you were balancing another killer um in the in the mix I liked that hand holding thing. Yeah. Like that I didn't know how to feel about it, but I was like, I don't know. I kind of like that though. I don't know what it makes me feel, but I like it. Well, I've that's actually my single favorite moment of any in any of the four screen movies. Um I just think it's so beautiful. There's so much layered um there's so many layers in that single like 10 seconds um and it's just so beautiful how Wes composes it with the cinematography and the music and the acting like it's it's just it's absolutely amazing so um, i still love sydney's face when roman reveals himself she's like who the hell are you what did i do to you well uh if i if i could like if i could revise a couple of things like there are some there are some things like for instance in scream one like they all four movies have their flaws like i'm not going to pretend that one's perfect um like for instance i hate Ghostface in the bushes and following her in the supermarket like i hate it so much in the original film um you know scream 2 forgot about that part yeah that doesn't make any sense makes no sense yeah um Scream 2 is a bit long, like in the middle. Um, I think that there are some things they could have done to kind of tighten it a little bit. Um, and the third movie, um, I really love the third movie. It is my favorite. Um, I wish, though, that there's the sequence at Jennifer's house, like at like the beginning of the second act. Um, it's about 10 minutes long. I wish that they would have either gutted it or just revised it because it's 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 the one part of the movie that I can't defend with my life. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, like who who open the gas line because roman wasn't there well roman it was roman because like there is only one killer there and they in scream in scream three um but because he was released from you know he was interviewed by the cops and released so it, it, it's logically it, it skims by but um i think it could have that could have been improved so yeah i will say this at the end of scream three at the end of scream three it's st- still sydney was having to yell to dewey aim for the head like this is your third rodeo man come on like aim for the head first yeah even randy told you shooting him in the body isn't gonna work but i was usually i would hate that trope of oh and it turns out it was her evil brother it was the evil sibling but it i was telling dave i was like you know the whole genius thing about that is that i i would usually hate a, a horror movie for doing that trope but 
that's kind of the point of the Scream franchise is that they poke fun at movie tropes. Mm-hmm. So getting mad at that, it kind of makes no sense because it's that's that's what the Scream franchise does. And, you know, Scream, like the original Scream was so like so much of the DNA of that movie is shared with Halloween, like because Kevin Williamson's favorite film was Halloween. So he drew on Halloween a lot when writing that first movie. Um, and I think they end this, the, they ended the original trilogy by t- bringing it back to Halloween in a way, because, you know, Laurie and Michael in the original Halloween movies, they were brother and sister. So I think that was just like a nice way of paying respect to Halloween. Now that the series and the story has come full circle. You know what I'd like to hear, Dave? Because one of our episodes of of the last season was a thing called rewrites, where uh, we gave each other a movie and had to do a specific rewrite. And he had for me to write Halloween as if it were directed by Wes Craven. Oh, I kind of like to hear what your take would have been on that if you he was if he gave you that assignment. Well, I'm not saying now, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just, I was just saying it's funny that we're mentioning Halloween and Wes Craven yeah. and stuff. Um, if I'm if I'm actually going to be controversial, I'm like I I would just re- I can respond to that real quick. I I think the idea is interesting. Um, I think that Wes wouldn't. You know, Wes Craven is my favorite man in the entire world. Um, and you know he's like he's like my grandfather. <laughs> um, I but I don't know if he would have been the right choice for Halloween. I think. Um, you know, Wes Craven is really good with energy and like creating momentum in his scenes. Like, uh, you know, I just think, I don't know if he would have been the right choice for telling that quieter story, if that makes sense. Oh, the, 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 the point of the rewrite session was, was just to have fun with it. Cause I gave him one where he had to make a horror movie where it was 13 ghosts directed by, uh, Adam Sandler. Okay. <laughs> Stuff that makes no sense, but we just thought it would be interesting to just like pitch those different ideas. Nice. Yeah, it completely changed Michael Myers to fit more of like a Wes Craven type. He was more killer, verbal yeah. and, and yeah. he um, had more of a personality and stuff like that. And it was that was a fun thing. I just wanted to bring that because we were talking about Wes Craven and and uh, Halloween now. And yeah. I thought it would have been just an interesting thing to throw in there. Yeah. So I have to ask. Which ghost face is your favorite ghost face throughout the series? Um, to be honest, I actually think this is like the, one one of the good things about the the series overall so far. You know, we I'm saying this without having seen the fifth movie. Um, I genuinely like or love all of this the ghost face killers except for um the except for Charlie and Scream Four. I, I don't I think he's fine. Um, but he's easily the blandest. But the other six, I love. I love. I love them. Yeah, the motives are great. The performances are great. The connections to Sydney are great. I just, you know, and they, they're each so different. Like, it's, you know, I will say Roman is my favorite for all the reasons I said before. Like, the, the fight that they have, the connection, the hand-holding. And I think Roman is, like, the the, the most clever and uh, the, the smartest, like, in terms of organizing everything. Um, and I love the fact that Roman, like his motive went so deep that he didn't want to just kill Sydney. He wanted to take away her reputation from her. He wanted to, what he was really jealous of was, you know, not only that he got, that Sydney got the mother that he didn't, but Sydney also got this, you know, all this fame and adoration from the public. And he didn't, you know, while he was still struggling to make himself a, a known person as a director. So like what he what his motive was, it wasn't just to kill her. He wanted to take something from her. You know, she, he felt like she robbed him. He wanted to rob her. And I find that to be so deep, but I love Jill. I love Billy. I love Mrs. Loomis. I love them all. So I gotta, I gotta say with the second one, I, I, I love the second uh, ghost face just cause I'm a big fan of Timothy. All of fantastic. He's awesome. I'd say Stu's probably my favorite. Just the energy. I know he's Billy's lackey, but the energy he has, he just seems to be enjoying it up until the point where, you know, shit hits the fan. What's your motive? Your <laughs> pressure. I'm sensitive. One of the best lines in the entire franchise. I think Stu enjoys it up until the very end. You know, up, yeah, up even, even until like in, right before he dies, I think he's like he's still like having a sick, a sick old time with it. You know, I always had a thing for you, Sid. Yeah, like when he's explaining the entire plan to her, he's having a blast. Yeah. He looks like he's just having so much fun. Like he's just playing on the park. Real, real quick questions here. Um, I, I usually random questions come in, uh, come to mind during these interviews. But to go back to the new movie that's coming out right now, mm-hmm. and we said we mentioned what we would like to see. 
what is something that that you're like you go to watch it and you're like all right i i can handle if they change a couple of things but for god's sakes don't do this is there anything that you are dreading that you like in the back of your mind you're like please do not do this if you're going to make this movie um Dave, do you want to go first? I need a second to think about yeah. this. Yeah, sorry. I, it's an impromptu yeah. question, but I figure the opposite side of what you're looking forward to and what you're dreading if they do do something. If you're going to kill one of the big three, don't give them a bad death scene like they did with Laurie Stroden Halloween Resurrection. Yeah, that's that's an obvious one. Um, or what they did. Well, a lot of people also said <laughs> the problem with Jamie Lee Curtis in the last Halloween was is that they just pushed her off to the side for the entire movie. Yeah, that would be my problem. If they do that with, and I honestly, this is a fear. And I, I know this sounds really silly, but it's almost an anxiety of mine. Like I, you know, I'm not expecting Sydney and Gail to really be super involved in the narrative in the first half, which really I, I don't love, but you know, I'm just afraid that they won't have the screen time that they deserve. Um, so that's a big fear of mine um another fear is like i just want them to get the tone right like i feel like you know i love scream 4 but the tone it, it wasn't the same as the original trilogy and like again it's a blast on its own but um i don't i kind of want the tone to come back to what it was in the the first three where it's dark and emotional as well as funny you know but not a not, not but rather than a horror comedy if that makes sense which i think scream 4 was yeah i really hope they do get this balance right of giving us time to get to know the new characters who are going to, you know, carry on the franchise and giving the big three the respect that they deserve. Yeah. I do think that as of right now, if I were to guess, um, if I were to put money on, on it, if they were going to kill off one of the three, it would probably be Dewey. I don't know why I just, I just, it makes sense. Like think about it. Like from both, he is in that line of duty. Well, but also think about this, because like I like the first summer of COVID, I actually wrote my own treatment, my own fan script, kind of. because I was that bored. Um, and actually, if you kill, if you take Dewey out of the equation, just think about the way of the ripple effect. It really pushes the plot forward on its own without it being forced, you know, because if Dewey dies, Dewey is somebody who is very special to both Sydney and Gail. And that motivates them in specific ways. He's even, if Dewey dies, it's, you know, kind of, he's, he's the, he used to be the sheriff of Woods, Woodsboro. That's a big deal. If you, if the ex-sheriff is murdered, you know, um, it also affects Judy Hicks, one of the other survivors. So it's, it's a very smart thing to do narratively. Yeah. Like, also, goes, like, I hope he goes out in a, I hope he goes out in a blaze of glory. Well, He's also, and I'm not like throwing any shade because I love David. I everybody loves David, um, and Dewey. But if you ask people what who their favorite member of the trio is, um, most it's usually a fifty fifty split between Sydney and Gail, and almost nobody says Dewey. I told Dave but the second we got on this thing, I was like, I love Dewey. Dewey's my yeah. guy. Oh. <laughs> well, see, there you go. Dewey fans I'm exist. I'm gonna be the yeah. lone guy on the side rooting for Dewey. Yeah, I'm a Sydney person. Well, get this. I'll, I will share this because people can listen to this on my on my show. But um, for on my show, I have like a it's called a scream speed round where um, you know I have like twelve questions and people are just supposed to, like, you know, I ask the question, you're supposed to instantly respond with the first thing that comes to your mind. Um, the first question is always who's your favorite member of the trio. So I when in my interview with um, Tyler and Chad and Matt, um, of course I asked them. And I didn't realize how awkward and uncomfortable it would put them in because they all worked with these actors, you know? Yeah. You're, um, trying, to, you're trying to burn bridges already? <laughs> trying to destroy friendships? Yeah. Well, and I see, I did this to Marianne, and Marianne, she didn't pick anybody because she worked with them, you know, for uh, literally 15 years. So she didn't, she just said she loved them all. But um, Tyler and Chad both picked. Um, Dewey and Matt picked Sydney. So I was I was I was surprised that um that they that they were so forceful with Dewey. Like um but so yeah. Yeah, Dewey do, Dewey's my guy, but I crush on Gail. So Get, who doesn't crush on Gail? Like I mean, for real. She's because she, she's always going to be Monica to me from <laughs> friends. <laughs> so so I'm not used to seeing her act like so mean sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. Her bangs in Scream 3 were terrible, though. Uh, I can get over it. <laughs> they, you know, like, the thing is, 
I'm not saying they're aesthetically pleasing, but because people have just shit on them for the past, you know, like 10 years, really, like, I mean, I, they've never been popular, but like, I feel like they became like an internet meme kind of over the past 10 years. I feel like it's almost like it, it, the, the fact that they're ugly, like that doesn't matter anymore. They're kind of iconic now because it's it's kind of a joke, you know what I mean? And like, there's almost respect that should be paid to the, to the bangs because everyone has made fun of them. Even Courtney herself hasn't made fun of them, you know what I mean? So it's, it's good. So that shows you can go so far in one direction that it just comes around the other end. <laughs> yeah, for real. So Dave was really trying to push Scream 3. To, he says that I was going to really look forward to Scream 3 when I got to it. But when I watched it and I did some review for it, it that's actually the lowest rated of the of the original trailer. Actually, the lowest rated of the four that are out, at least according to Rotten Tomatoes. Do you think there's a reason for that? Or what do you think is what's the reason why people give it like it's the least highly rated? Because I enjoyed well, it. I, I thought it kept with the tone. I thought it was I thought it was perfectly fine. I could literally write like a, a series of books about this um, exact topic. But uh, there's a lot of reasons um, and there most of them are very unfair. Um, you know, I, first of all, this is the first like for reasons uh, beyond the control of anybody back then. Kevin Williamson was not able to write it. So a lot of people went in with like their knives out that like because Kevin didn't write this, you know, we are opposed to this because they were so attached to his signature style of the the, the first two. Um, I think a lot of people are just kind of close-minded to the fact that, like, I feel like once something gets a bad reputation, people see it through a negative lens, and that just gets regurgitated because people are hard on the third movie about, say, plot holes or inconsistencies that they, you know, that they ignore in the, the original, the, the, in the other films. Like, it's just, it's not fair. And they don't, like, I don't think that a lot of the arguments against Scream Theory are very logical. Um, you know, they don't really, you know, take the time to look at what's good and what's bad. Like, if you're telling me you despise Scream 3, you know, with, you, with everything you have, but you can't, like, appreciate, like, the artistry of what happens, like, whenever Sydney gets chased in the Stab 3 set, or even the ending where she opens up the gate, you know what I mean? Like, how, like, I, I don't, I, you're not really engaging with the material, you're just having a very set mindset not you know like you know people say it's too comedic people don't like the lack of blood like i can understand the lack of blood but you know at the same time i, I think scream 3 gets gets away with it because there is plenty of comedy in it yeah exactly like you know it's just it's you know it's it's a very sensitive subject for me because i i love the third movie so much and i wish people would give it a second chance and i that's something i do with my show is I really give Scream 3 the fair shot that it deserves. That's exactly what I yeah. said again again we that's the same thing that I said with Season of the Witch. Yeah, yeah. we were allowed defending Halloween Season when I was, of the Witch. Yeah, when I was defending Halloween 3, I I mean I didn't say I loved it, but I was like one of the few people who was out there defending it saying it was a good movie. Well, and again, that's actually kind of similar because if you think about it like it, fans of the first two were, you know, so attached to, you know, what the first two were doing and they had a hard time adjusting to what the third movie was offering and if you if you look at the movie now halloween season of the witch people love season of the witch now yeah, it has a then. larger cult following now and but i do I, come across a lot of people who do jump on the bandwagon of there's no michael myers in it and like but the thing is like in scream 3 is kind of similar in a way because it is about the me too movement in a way like it pre it predicted the harvey weinstein of it all i think uh, yeah, the main Raven guy was yeah. kind of trying to tell us something there he was. And, That's why I said, and um, even that was twenty, and that was that came out in two thousand. So twenty two yeah. years later, you know that movement has only grown. Well, and the thing is, like Scream Three, like it, at the end of the day, too, like I can argue and win the arguments, but I can't really change hearts and minds. Like I think some things in Scream Three are just controversial. Like people either love or hate the fact that it's set in Hollywood. They love or hate the brother twist. They love or hate the 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 voice changer. Um, you know. The whole Hollywood thing is something something that I noticed. A lot of slasher movies were doing that because uh, Resurrection or, or was Resurrection the one where it was the reality TV show with Halloween? Yep. Uh, yeah. Seed of Chucky. You had um, I had written a couple down, but the, the slashers. That was an era where a lot of slashers were taking their stuff to Hollywood and making fun of Hollywood. Yeah. So it was. It's not like it was the 
only franchise to be doing that. It was just a popular thing that was going on at the time to be very for Hollywood to be kind of very self-aware of the stuff and making fun of it. Plus, the supporting characters in Scream 3 are amazing. Jennifer Jolie, lover. Patrick Warburton playing Stephen Stone. That that made me laugh. Detective Wallace was funny. Well, and like, you know, Scott Foley playing Roman. You have Patrick Dempsey playing Kincaid. Like, these are people, you know, before they really got famous, you know, doing like Grey's Anatomy and Scandal. You know what I mean? They were here and they did this amazing work. And I mean, Parker Posey's performance is literally, I think, the most creative, one of the most creative performances ever done on film. It's my favorite part of the movie. Like, she's so good. It's wild. Like, I don't know how somebody is so creative to think of these types of actory things you know what i mean like it's so creative and actually in scream 3 it's the only time that's not in a deleted scene where anybody mentions uh tatum's death and yeah. mentioned by stephen stone out of all people right before he gets stabbed yeah <laughs> what a dick <laughs> right i didn't realize ex- exactly how many people i knew when i was watching scream 2 and 3 and like all the because ad- i tend to forget that Scream 1 was such a big deal that they started casting, like, big-name actors. I mean, that that had to have been a... I w- Scream 1 had one of those things where I wish that I was a teenager back when this thing was big, but killing off Drew Barrymore in the very, very beginning, when killing off the person who was on the front page of the posters within the first 10 minutes of the movie had to have been, like, such a jaw-dropping experience for the people in the theater. Oh, Yeah. And that's kind of the signature famous thing about Scream, about the original Scream, is that people people still talk about it today. And, um, you know, and even besides that, it's just such a, an, a great scene. You know, it's people, you know, for Drew Barrymore's 10 minutes of screen time, she's probably just as infamous as the trio. Yeah. And it seems like in the new one, Jenna Ortega, they're kind of like mirroring, mirroring that scene with her. Mm-hmm. from what i've seen in the preview so i'm excited to see what direction that goes in totally also i kind of hope someone calls dewey dewdrop oh same i every time there's like a new when i talk about dewey to my friends like my scream friends i refer to him as dewdrop so yeah Love yeah that. That, that was just great um so okay dewdrop oh my goodness so who is your favorite supporting character throughout the franchise so far jennifer um, from scream 3 yeah yeah, yeah, it's a toss up between Jennifer and Tatum for me. Well, on my on my show, I actually have a question. It's say like you know because I feel like people love Kirby from Scream Four and they love Jennifer from Three. I should have included Tatum because she's in the club too. But I always ask people who's your who do you prefer out of like the fan favorites, you know, Kirby or Jennifer? Um, and it's usually a 50-50 split. So, but um, I actually did, did a whole episode on Tatum because she is one of the most popular characters in the series too. Yeah. Plus, Rose McGowan in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. It's probably one of my favorite actresses out with Charmed, Ready to Rumble. Yeah, and Jawbreaker. I have not seen that movie in forever. It's a it's a blast, yeah. Um, I guess I, I have two two last questions on my end. One uh, One's just a fun one, and one's just a... So, now, is Scream your favorite horror movie? Yeah, I would say the, you know, the original trilogy is my favorite as a as a unit, my favorite movie. Are you usually in the camp of cuz I had brought up last year had a lot of uh remakes and a lot of like Candyman had a new movie, the next uh Halloween Kills came out, then uh, uh Saw had another one come out. there and and now uh Scream is getting a getting a sequel. Are, are you in the camp of I think they should leave them alone or do you or do you groan when you hear like an older franchise is getting a reboot or a sequel? I definitely don't groan, especially anymore. Maybe like back in my like like snobbier film critic artsy fartsy days I, I did. But like um, I've really I think Halloween really changed the ballgame um, because like, for instance, I don't really love I don't. I prefer the Halloween to H2O kind of timeline to the new one. But um, but still, I think, you know, I've, I became very humble about the, what the horror genre is doing with Halloween 2018, where it's something different and just be open minded to it. And you can kind of go along for the ride and just relive all of this nostalgia and everything you love about the originals. So I'm actually of the opinion that I think it's a 
it's a good thing to have reboots and sequels like this. Like I think Candyman was a good example. I think Scream is a good example. Um, I think if, you know if again if Marvel can have you know 25, 30 movies you know about the same characters over and over again, why can't we have this do the same thing with with horror movies? I guess my only slashers. stipulation yeah. is. I get because my my favorite movie is Back to the Future, and if I heard that they were rebooting Back to the Future initially, I would groan. But my only stipulation is I would want it to be remade by a fan, right? Like Scream is. Yeah, yeah it, exactly. it would have to be remade by a, somebody who who loves the franchise and thinks, you know what? I think I can do it justice and add my own little bit of creative view to it. Um, but. A lot of these you see are as blatant, blatant cash grabs, and it just depresses me when I see something that could have had potential if given to a person who actually cared. Yeah, like Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Which had potential. Well, I, I love that franchise, did not like the remake. I really hope they just kind of leave it alone. I actually like it a little bit more than most people do, but I, yeah. I see, but I do know they dropped the ball in a lot of places where I think they could have branched off and made certain things their own. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the, the thing is back, you know, back when the nightmare remake came out, horror was in a different place too. I think if it were made today, it would be, it would be made with, by somebody like, like you're talking about someone who is a more of a fan and cares more and has more invested in here. So. Yeah. I just, don't want to see anybody other than robert england being freddy i didn't even mind i even think that uh jackie earl haley was a really good choice for uh, a replacement that's blasphemy i mean if they, if they were going to remake and if robert england wasn't going to do it i i, yeah. I thought that jackie haley was fine yeah that's why i just feel like it should just be left alone for now i i think that eventually Fre freddy will come back um i think it's fine that he and jason are sitting out right now you know what i mean i like that we're getting a different group of people. We're getting Michael, um, who is kind of in that group with them, but it's you know it's different because Jamie Lee Curtis is involved. You know, but they are kind screen. of re they are kind of cycling through, like giving other ones a break and like all right now Candyman hasn't been talked about for a while, so let's get Candyman. Let's do the Scream. Let's yeah. do uh, Chucky. Yeah. Chucky. Yeah, Chucky has a series now. And like you know, even I know what you did last summer. It's not the same as the Jennifer Love Hewitt, Freddie Prince Jr. You know, movies, but um, they they have their own show. Like so, it's. You know, there's a lot going on, and it's a lot of good, good stuff. But I, you know, I would, I would say this, um, because we never got a proper. I know what you did last summer final movie with Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince Jr. I would love if they would come back and make one. You know, uh, to reboot that. Way, easily that'd be great. Have you ever actually seen the third? I always know what you did last summer movie. I did. It's awful. <laughs> oh my god. And. I love the original. I love, you know, I think Sarah Michelle Gellar's chase scene in that is the best chase scene in the history of horror. And, you know, so for them to go from that to the straight to DVD crap with new characters, like, fuck that shit. <laughs> Sorry, am I allowed to say that? Yeah. You can, yeah, you can curse. Okay. Yeah. Based on that, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you think there's any merit based on the rumor that uh, Sarah Darling in Scream 3 was named after Sarah Michelle Gellar? Oh, yeah, and her absolutely. being a problem on set on Scream 2? It's not that, like, I think that Sarah Michelle Gellar was a problem. I just think, you know, Sarah is, because she's my favorite actress, but the Scream sets, especially the sequels, were very chaotic. There were rewrites every day. Um, and Sarah, she, you know, doing a TV show like Buffy, seven days a week, it's very structured. And she ha she's a very disciplined actor. She also has a very strong personality. So I just think she w didn't like that type of chaos and she didn't like you know and she didn't just she didn't mesh with the style of making a screen movie and and that's fine you know and i do think it's the the, the character is based on her um not that sarah darling's dumb but um i do think uh because sarah is very sarah michelle geller is very smart but um i do think that attitude about like are you fucking kidding me like i can't even do my job here i think that that that's from her for sure <laughs> so so uh dave you mind if i bring this to kill kills real quick yeah since we're, we're coming upon the top of the hour all right um so what we like to do uh near the end of these things is in this case since i haven't se seen the fourth one let's stick to the original trilogy we'd like to do kill of the movie in this case kill of the trilogy what's your favorite mm -hmm. kill of I, any of the scream one through three um 
So, of course, the, the right answer to this question is Casey Becker, Drew Barrymore. Um, but I, I will say uh, Jennifer's death in Scream 3 is one of my favorites just because um, she kind of grows to be a part of the, the main gang in a way. And I just love that. I love that. I love the set piece. I love her running up the, the staircase and through the, the back passageway and like the, the, the two-way mirrors. I just think there's so much energy and momentum to that scene with Dewey shooting the gun. Like it's, I love it. So. Yeah. And she's screaming, I'm supposed to be the killer. She's dying. <laughs> Get away from me. You don't scare me. Like it's, it's just so, in the, the, the imagery in that scene, Wes creates with the cinematography is very frightening. The way that the killer walks toward her and like the shadows, like, uh, you know, it's a great scene. Yeah. What about you there, Dave? Like, obviously, you know, it's Casey Becker, but, put that one out there um i'm gonna have to go with tatum just oh, that yeah. whole scene is incredible first she thinks it's a joke and then when she realizes it isn't she actually you know puts up quite a fight before her ultimate demise and the fact that right before she died she calls out for her mom nice touch on that scene i think that my favorite third act was in the second one that took place on that stage um yeah i i, just, I love and i you know i love sydney using the stage as a weapon basically and oh, yeah uh, and yeah. Uh, just uh, to attack so it, it'll be one of the I'll, I'll just go ahead and say uh <laughs> i'll say timothy oliphant's one after they sh- shot uh billy's mom and then it's like all right they always come back and i was like oh yeah he's here <laughs> he jumps from from the back and then they plug him full of holes a bunch of yeah. times but um just just because that whole scene uh is probably my favorite third act in the end of the three that I've seen so far uh, taking place on that set stage. Oh yeah. I love the part like where, you know, Mickey plays that mind game with Sydney mm-hmm. right before shooting Derek. Oh, you don't want to untie him. She, she just I've been working with someone. Just poor Sydney. Just yeah. like, just her, her first boyfriend was Billy. Her second one, like she her his last dying thing. She thought that he was the killer and he gets and, uh, poor Sydney <laughs> just gets yeah. so bad. But great character development though. Oh yeah, that scene, like Derek's death is one of, I think probably the single most sad, the saddest scene of the entire he series. he genuinely loved her. Yeah. He genuinely loved her and Sydney was really put in a rock, between a rock and a hard place. And, um, you know, it's just, it's absolutely heartbreaking. You know, Sydney gets to see another person she loves and that loved her dies right in front of her. His last and words like, was, I would never hurt you. Yeah. <sighs> um. And I know I love that. Sh- I love that phrasing. I've never actually heard it that way, but, um, and I may use that. I'll give you a shout out on my show. The fact that she uses the the stage as a weapon. Um, it's epic. I love that. So my favorite finale is three, but two is my second favorite. I just love, you know, the, the way the stage crashing down on Mrs. Loomis and the fight, the fist fight. It's, it's great. And the ax and he has the ax. love it. It's, it's great. That, that was the first time, like you could tell, like she's, she she's taking control she has an act she's using the environment to her advantage and well i'm a sucker for for stage plays anyway so the fact that the whole thing was just being used as one big weapon she has the sandbags falling down she has the 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 truss with lights falling down it, it was just i was just like wow this is this is I'm, I'm i'm all about this right now yeah well chris i know you haven't seen scream four but that is probably my favorite ending because mm-hmm. I feel like Emma Roberts, oh, incredible yeah. acting in, in Emma, Ro- Emma Roberts is in this. Yeah. Oh, all right. And um, it's funny. She, she's very funny. She's it's, all, it's like a tour de force. Yeah. I like it. Wait, Emma Emma Roberts from uh, from American Horror Story, right? Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, you sold me already. I I, I like Emma Roberts. So yeah, and it has Hayden Pantier in it, and she is great. I like her Kirby. too. Yeah. All right. So I, I like. All right. You sold me. I know what I'm doing as soon as we're done. Like that scene between uh, Kirby and uh, Trevor right before everything happens, where he's like, "Oh, I was about to go down between you and Charlie." No fucking way. <laughs> She's just like, "Get out of my house." Mm-hmm. Well, this this was a lot of fun, and. Um, I thank you again for taking the time to come on our show, talk a little bit about Scream. Yeah, it was awesome. We really appreciate it, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, had, a, I had a great time. Thank you guys for arranging this. And before we sign off, do you have anything that you would like to plug or anything that's coming up that you might want people to know about? Um, I just, you know, if you like 
horror movies, if you like Scream, you should be listening to my show. Um, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Scream with RCS. And um, my podcast name is uh, Scream with Ryan C. Showers. And um, check out, listen to my show for a week. I, I really put a lot of effort into making making it like a, an experience for Scream fans every week. So yeah. yeah, don't don't listen to the Body Bag podcast. Go and watch his. Go and listen to his. <laughs> well, listen to both, but... Listen to both. <laughs> I'm a fan of the Scream podcast. I... Since I started arranging this, I've been listening. It is a great podcast. Definitely recommend it. But this was a very good start. This is you, you are our first guest of our second season, and this was definitely a blast. So yeah, thank you yeah. again. I'm the season two premiere. Wow. Yeah, yeah you're the season two premiere of uh, second season. Our fir- very first guest. Which yeah. uh, uh, Dave, do you want to say who people can look forward to coming up next week? We should be having Alex James from the Woodsboro podcast coming on next week. And we'll be talking some more about Scream, right? Yep. With the new one coming out, it's going to be a lot of Scream coming up. So we can talk We can talk more about 4 as well since I'll have seen it by then. Yes. But in the meantime, we thank you again, Ryan Charles, for coming on the show. And we thank you out there, all of our listeners. Please like, comment. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at BodyBagPod. And, Body Bag uh, Pod on Twitter, Body Bag Podcast on Instagram. And, you know, let us know what you want us to talk about. We do rewrites, we do movie reviews, we do versus battles. So uh, we're excited for season two, and everybody have a great week.